I guess it is. Now, when does it turn into the nightmare of, like, Donald Trump? I mean, do you know? Because that's like going over the cliff and then crashing through the earth down to the hell. I think it, I think the Trump effect happens when you lose self-awareness, right? So I okay. think Trump does a really good job of trying to make it about the people. Like, I think he's a, he's a master entertainer, right? Mm-hmm. He's a master mm-hmm. circus master. Sure. He's great at making you feel that. like... It's about you. Mm-hmm. When in fact, so far... I think he's great at making you feel like it's not about you. But I'm going to mention you because I want you to know it's not about you. Well, ultimately, it's about I, me. I, yeah, ultimately I think it's about him. Yes. But I mean, you know, it's easy to become a narcissist. Mm-hmm. And it's the more success you have, the more people you have going telling you, oh my God, you're amazing. You don't need this person. You yeah. don't need that. I mean, I've witnessed, we've both lived it. Sure. I've lived it with radio stations. I feel like radio men are the perfect example of men that are very, very talented, but they get a little bit of popularity, and then somebody's constantly feeding them, like, you don't have to deal with these other people. It's all about mm. you. Okay, now this is therapy today. Hello! Hello! <laughs> anyway, well, we have a ton to talk to. You want to start with a couple of um, pop culture stories, including sure. Tamron Hall? Sure. Okay, so like I said, I loved this headline. It was not a good start to Black History Month, as NBC is under fire after Tamron Hall turns down millions and abruptly quits the network because she had her time slot bumped for Megyn Kelly. Well, I don't know that it's fair to say that she quit. Now, I don't know the exact workings, and this is all allegedly. Um, I okay. do know Chairman Hall. A few years ago, you guys might know, I moved to New York for a relationship. Honey child, the relationship was over before I unpacked my glasses. Okay? <laughs> my dishes are still in the box. This was a terrible story because he was basically seeing somebody else, right? And he was like married Several to a people. woman. Still, yeah. He had so much going on. We should prank call him. I know. It's funny. I just got a text from him just now. But um, Oh, delete. I know. So I stayed in New York for 14 months just because of my ego. <laughs> the Washington Post yeah, had written this story that Paul Wharton has moved on to New York for bigger, better things, and they didn't know that the relationship was going to be shit. So anyway, I stayed. So over that year, one of it. the best parts of that year was meeting Tamron Hall. So I met Tamron at a birthday party. Um, actually, it was at Susan Taylor's house. Susan Taylor was the editor-in-chief of Essence magazine for many years. Okay. Like, iconic in the African-American scene. Um, so anyhow, she uh, now has a charity, but it was a birthday party for Michael Eric Dyson, who's actually on MSNBC and all these shows. He's an author, an orator, oh, and I gotta my Google him. godmother's husband. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyhow, that is birthday party, and I met Chairman Hall, and we just hit it off big time. Oh, my God, I know. Well, everybody loves you, but... Well, you know, I'm sure there are a few that don't, but, you know, <laughs> we won't focus on them, right? <laughs> no, we're not bringing them up. So I will take credit for teaching Chairman Hall. Well, she came over to my house for Sunday brunch. That was our first date after, okay. after we got friendly. And I said, you know, come over on Sunday brunch. So, of course, knowing me, I go to New York. I didn't want to be like a normal Joe. So I go to New York, move to Hell's Kitchen. I get this amazing apartment. Google the building, the Mercedes house. So the Mercedes house is right on the water. Oh God. It's on 53rd Street between um, 10th and 11th. And I had a 1,200 square foot terrace with nothing over my head, just straight glass surrounded oh. terrace. I had a sprinkler out there. I had a man. I put a blow up pool, but then I had a guy like do a border for me, what looked like a real pool. <laughs> And there was a pool in the building, but I had my own pool, a sprinkler, two bars. I mean, it was the bomb. Oh, my God. I got to Google the Mercedes Oh, Google, and I'll show you some pictures. Okay. So, 
I'm living there. I have Cameron over. And, you know, I had nothing else to do but be real gay. And so that's entertain <laughs> and, and make these elaborate brunches because, you know, I had no mans. I left my job at the CW to oh go up there. Oh, my God. So... Cameron comes over and I taught her how to make quiche, roasted potatoes. You looked here? Yeah. Holy. Yeah, that's not the most interesting uh, angle. Oh my God, this place is stunning. Okay. Fantastic. So, yeah, so um, anyway, I taught her how to to make her quiche. And um, we just were friends ever since. But I remember before she went to NBC, the only recollection I have in terms of seeing how she flows in these kind of contract situations. Yeah. I was at her house, actually. And she was saying at the time, um, I think she was... I think she was guesting on the Today Show, but she didn't. Okay, she but she didn't have the full time gig. Okay. Right? And I remember her saying to me, "If they don't offer me this at like in like a week, I'm out." And she wow. and I believed her. You know how Oprah says, "When someone shows you who they are, believe them." Like oh. Tamron had that about her that she was like dead serious. Uh, honey, listen, <laughs> you put you know put money on this, honey, or I'm out. <laughs> And, wow. and they gave her what she what she deserved, and she got it. So her walking away from millions of dollars isn't shocking to me because I think they're probably a pot of gold right around the corner. You do? I so do. you Okay. Uh, NBC says that they very much wanted Tamron to stay, and she was offered a multi-million dollar multi-year contract, but she chose to go, according to a source. Um, Hall went out in style, attending a Dolce & Gabbana event at Bergdorf Goodman, and then having a midnight sing-along with girlfriends after her last show. Oh, she posted a video on Snapchat in the back of her car singing a Four Seasons tune as she was basically out. So do you think there's major problems, though, at uh, today? Because I, I, I would never want to work there. Well, I think that, you know, uh, the only thing I know about the Today Show is, of course, having Chairman there. You know, I was on there once, the last... Yes, um, recently, like a year well, ago. Like a year ago, Christmas, um, doing a segment... She had a segment called Tamron's Tuesday Trends. Okay. So, you know, gifts, you could buy a gift, um, a teddy bear, and then they would donate three teddy bears to kids in need or, you know, those Like whatever it was, right. Mm -hmm. Get it back to veterans and all that. So, no, it was a phenomenal day. John Cena was there. He was fabulous. He looked great. Oh, my God. Is he really hot in real life? He's super hot. He's so he just super hot and super cool when he oh. knew he was. And then Hoda comes running into the dressing room, and she's like, oh, my God, my dress is wrinkled. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's Hoda. <laughs> it was just so, so many they things. Were, they all seemed pretty cool. And you said even Al Roker was cool. Because, see, I'm not a big Al Roker fan. I think Al Roker must be a huge asshole. Now, it's just like what I think. I but... didn't meet Al Roker. Oh. It's very controlled there. You go in, you go into the makeup room, which is Completely separate from the set, and then when it's your your time to do your segment, they come down and they take you up to do your segment, and you don't really see anyone else. You only see the people that are on set with you right then. So you don't interact at all with the other talent. No, Tamron was the only one I interacted. I with. am. I'm really fascinated by that because I just feel like there had to be so much more going on there behind the scenes, and I'm sure all those guys are like. I mean, that Megan Kelly is there. It's crazy. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know how people are really going to receive her. And I, I just, I don't know to take away someone as beloved as Tamron. I mean, you saw the response on Twitter. People I know. Like, people are going crazy, 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 crazy. But do you think people just do that anyway right in the beginning when yeah. there's change? And then I don't think the ratings ever are really affected. I think okay. people will still watch. And people are going to be fascinated by Megyn Kelly's show. And I don't think anyone's going to stop. The yeah. only thing is, now they have so many other options. Of course, they could watch Good Day DC if they're in DC. <laughs> but outside from that, they could watch... Yeah, Give us a chance. Um, they could watch um, Good Morning America. It's true. Because they kind of have a good little flow going on over there. Well, I wanted to get your opinion on that, but mm-hmm. I also want to talk about a couple other stories yes. uh, that are making the news and to, and to hear your reactions to this. I, I, this one just came on the show prep, so I don't know if you got a chance to see it, but there was actually a moose found in a couple's basement, which I find to be incredibly terrifying, and at the same time, also, I'm like... Okay, how did the moose get in the basement, Sarah? Uh, Tell me. Well, so according to this news article, they said that it fell through a window. So, mm-hmm. like, they had, like, a giant, like, glass kind of almost half, like, um, you know, sliding door window, but, like, this deck thing. So, it kind of comes, it ends up slipping, falling through, mm-hmm. and then it actually ends up in their basement. And this was in Idaho. Can you That's imagine? Story, Can you imagine? The, uh, you go downstairs. <laughs> Is that the story that I've been told? It, there was no bestiality going on here, right? Oh, my Honey, God. Honey, there's a moose in their basement. Oh, our, um, girl, it fell through the window. <laughs> it just it, it slid down the wallpaper. All oh, right. Oh, okay. my God. They say in Idaho they've had a record amount of snow all over the region. In some places, more than four feet of snow have accumulated. Collapsing buildings have become a real danger. The snow wow. has also driven animals looking for food into towns. And this happened just over the weekend in Haley, Idaho. The moose was not in to sneak downstairs, it fell through a well, uh, a window well, into the basement, according to a senior conservative officer there who had um, an, who had an incredible experience trying to get the moose out of the home. They said, mm. <gasps> "Oh my god!" There was one of those moose heads on the wall. Maybe the moose saw that and thought, "Hey, let me, you know, let me get my groove on inside." Oh my it is god. Idaho. Isn't this crazy? They said the moose was having uh, none of it when they tried to, like, corral it to go back outside. Charging the officer several times, the department reported. Um, Head of colleagues eventually had to tranquilize and sedate the moose to then get it out. Wow. And it, like, cracked all over there. (laughs) I don't really know what to say about that, other than it's just very odd that a moose could fit through a window well down into a basement. You know how the windows in the basement are so small? Well, it must have been. I know. I'm trying to envision what a window well looks like, but mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's fairly it's fairly large. Um, UC Berkeley last night, protests turned incredibly violent. Did you follow I any of that? Did, yeah. How mm-hmm. do you feel about that? So Milo Yiannopoulos, by the way, is on the same podcast network as this Hey Frage podcast okay. on Podcast One. But he's very controversial. He's a conservative, um, a conservative talk show host or pundit. But I also believe, and Irene, Irene's our intern. Maybe you can Google this. I believe Milo Yiannopoulos was one of the first people ever banned from Twitter from like hate. Like I think he went on an extreme. I might be wrong, but I think. What did he say to get him banned from Twitter? And I Trump's not banned from Twitter. I think he was harassing people and specifically going after them. I think on race issues. Okay, and was- okay, we got that part. <laughs> what? Okay, check. Check. <laughs> yeah. What and- else did he do? I, that's a great question. I don't think he's on Twitter anymore. Mm. Irene's finding out. Uh, 150 masked aggregators uh, ahead of Milo Annopolis were protesting that he not even speak. Um, And Milo had to be carried out of there by security. He did not speak. And Berkeley canceled Milo Yiannopoulos' speech um, with a lot of contention. Do you think people that preach hate should be allowed to teach at college campuses? Should it be open to 
you know, any any one of us can hear it. I can see how people that are paying their hard-earned tuition money, mm-hmm. people that have taken loans out that they will probably not pay back for 10 or 20 years, um, how they could feel a certain kind of way about that kind of speech being preached on their campus, especially if that guy was collecting a fee. Um, I mean, free speech is one thing, but at a private you know, or public university, I just don't think it's a good idea. It shouldn't be allowed. No. Uh, Yiannopoulos, by the way, was banned and suspended permanently from Twitter uh, a day after he incited his followers to bombard Ghostbuster star Leslie Jones with racist and oh, demeaning that, tweets. That He's that the asshole? one that's, That asshole. Oh, hell no. I don't <laughs> fuck with him. <laughs> so that's who he is. That, I know. Uh, in other news, too, the Boy Scouts are going to allow transgender uh, Boy Scout members. Are you, I'm assuming, like all of us, you're probably in favor of that. Absolutely, I'm in favor of it. I think it's it's phenomenal. Um, That's it's, a it's good great. big day for the I mean, the I'm Boy interested to, to see how uh, Trump supporters will react to that. I'm just wondering. Oh, oh, I know, right? Because you think of, if you're in your mind of thinking of a true American staple, it's like the Boy Scouts. And then now... I mean, look, to me, anybody who wants to become an Eagle Scout, do you ever have a friend that became an Eagle Scout? It's a fucking pain in the ass. Who? I don't know anyone, gay, straight, transgender, whatever, who wants to go out and build a birdhouse alone in the woods for like 60 days. That's like what you have to do when you're an Eagle Scout. What about merging the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts together? Just the Scouts. The Scouts. I mean, and you could have, you know, girls in one area to sleep and boys in one area to sleep. But really, because it's going to help them in terms of dealing with the other sex. Because that's what real life is. Real life isn't all boys or all girls. But I think, was it, were you ever a Boy Scout? No. No. <laughs> never, huh? I've never pitched a tent. I've only pitched a fit. That's it. The only <laughs> That's it. Well, um, I think the whole point is that you kind of learn to bond mm-hmm. as, like, women, and you learn, like, as women to kind of do something together, and same for men. Well, let me tell you something about <laughs> what? my bonding experience with men. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I went to an all-boys school in the ninth grade called DeMatha. Catholic high school. It's here in this area. Have you ever heard of it? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Okay, well, that was my, you know, the one time I was forced to be around all guys in terms of, (laughs) I mean, you know, like, because to me, that experience for me, and I can see how it could work for a lot of people, but for me, it just, I remember feeling like, damn, I just wish there was a little more balance here. I need me some girls. You know, I wanted some girls to hang out with. I always got a lot of comfort in having, like, the hot girlfriend. You know, not girlfriend, but, you know, the hot yeah. girl that was my friend. And we could, like, wreak havoc on everybody. So, I don't know. Like, I didn't, my boy-on-boy bonding experience didn't turn out that great. It's so funny because I went to an all-women's college. And I do have to say, like, in hindsight, it was a great education. But I totally missed the male interaction. I was like, this is super boring. It was also a weird time in my life. I mean, in ninth grade, do you, okay, I'm talking to two women here. I was going to say, you know how you get those spontaneous erections? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm going to overshare. I just feel like doing that. Please, you always do. We would be about to change class. I would see the clock up on the wall. The bell was about to ring. I swear there was three minutes left in the class, and I would, like clockwork, get an erection right before I had to stand up and walk to my next class. What would you do? I was mortified. I just had to, I sat there. I would just breathe, and I would just think of just, like, white noise or just, just like, a blank slate. I'm just like, just just anything. Just get me out of this. Oh, my God. But it was really just that time in my life. You know, you're a teenager. Your hormones are going crazy. My skin was horrible. (laughs) 
<laughs> my dick was always erect. I mean, it, was just, it was just absolutely I awful. do recall that. There was a kid I felt so bad for him. He was playing a basketball game, and mid-game, he just had this huge <laughs> erection. And like, But he kept running. I know. It was at Wisconsin High School. Everybody knows who it was. He's like, he never lived it down. It was really, it was so bad. In oh eighth grade. God. I know. And he had like a full-on erection. He was trying to like, bat, he was trying to like dribble the ball. And oh, like, my it, God. It was you really know how those bad. basketball shorts are. I mean, they really tell your business, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> they really do. Uh, oh, my God. Um, all right, a couple other stories. Then we have to get into how you're doing with your um, sure. with your assistant. Uh, speaking of, you know what? We're on the topic of this. Uh, if you own a remote control vibrator, more um, owners of these are saying that they don't really work anymore because of all the interference with signals. This is a oh. Reddit feed. Yeah. I, I've never tried one of these, but essentially a remote control vibrator is, you know, you, the woman, whoever, you have it on you in your pants or wherever yeah. you want it. And you then you run it from your phone? Well, you can run it from your phone. Okay. Or somebody else can run it from yeah. like battery operated, much like you would like a remote control car. Mm. But they're, apparently <laughs> people are saying the signals don't work that well. Well, um, and they say if you have the app, oftentimes if you uh, if you're in a place where you're not getting good Wi-Fi, lots of people are waiting to get turned on. But then the uh, Love Sense Lush vibrator just doesn't work in public. So sorry, there you go. Avoid that. Okie dokie. There's a huge thread on Reddit about this of all the people weighing in on how it doesn't really work. That's really interesting. I mean, I guess don't knock it till you try it. But <laughs> you know, when are they going to come out with a, a vibrator for guys? I know they have the um, they have like the flashlight. Uh-huh. But do they have a remote control? They need to have that flashlight where you can mount it. I mean, it could be, like, stuck on the wall or something, or stuck somewhere. Like Maybe it could be wrapped around the headboard of the bed. I don't know. I just feel like guys are getting the short end of the stick. No, you want a vibrate? I, there's got to be a men's vibe. I feel like there's got to be. I am so in and out of there. It is so, it's just, like, it's a it's a timely thing. I'm like, okay, let me look at the schedule. I got to get my hair done. They're coming to my fitting. It's the truth. Okay. When do you have time for that? Hey, Plus, I got six minutes, honey. It's I mean, on. with my luck, I don't know. I feel like it would, like, mine would get stuck on go or something, and it would just be, like, buzzing from my pants. It'd be really weird. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a lot of commitment. <laughs> <laughs> that would hurt. Oh, 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 oh. oh my God! Someone turn it off. Oh Jesus! Oh Lord! Oh my God! Okay, well that's interesting. I have to look into that. We kind of touched on this at the start of the show, but if a Zen master is getting hate mail, you know the world is a scary place. Um, so this Zen master is a Korean-born uh, gentleman. He says that he's encountered some harsh language over the years as he was developing and becoming uh, more into his Buddhist practices. Mm-hmm. He says that oftentimes he'd have people write to him and say things like, you know, I don't believe in what you're doing. Seems like it's true emptiness. Uh, And not only that, but uh, your teaching is affecting people in the wrong way. You should become Christian. Fuck you. So he says that he would respond. Mm. (laughs) He says the best way to respond to any hate, and I want to see how you feel about this, is when another person makes you suffer, it's because they are suffering deeply themselves within, which I totally agree with. I agree. And the suffering is spilling over. So they don't need punishment. They actually need your help. And that's why you should send a message of um, that's a mix of guidance, empathy, warmth, and wit. Do you think that's true? I think that's 90% true. No, and I- then that last 10% is get up in that ass. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What's no, get I mean, up in that ass? Get up in that ass means give them a little taste of their own medicine. Because, like, when people do that to me, the first thing I feel is, oh, poor thing. Things aren't going right for them, or they just feel the need to get on yeah. and lash out. But I really can't think of a time that I ever take to Twitter or any social platform or go on someone's Facebook wall just to tear them down. 
Me neither. I can't think of. I'm like, who has the time? Which and right there. Beyond me not doing that on on any kind of platform that would embarrass them, I don't even really think about people that way. Other than there's one <laughs> one big orange guy in particular that I just do not like him. I don't like him. It's fine. Most people that listen to this podcast. But aren't other huge. than that, I don't really think there's anyone that annoys me that much that I'm walking around thinking about how much I don't like their face or I don't like the way they talk. I know. I just don't think about people that way. So you will engage with haters to some extent. I engage a little bit with haters. And yeah, and you just write them back. I, I like everything about this, except I don't think if somebody is writing to you, criticizing mm-hmm. your opinion, I think it's hard to engage and give them guidance in a conversation over email. Oh, I'm not doing all that. Me neither. Shit. No, I, I, I'm not going to guide you. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you. Yeah, I'll tweet them back, you know, from um, some place that they want to be or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I wish them all well. Anything that you say back to a jet. hater is going to get on their nerves. I'm wishing you love and light. Oh, fuck you, motherfucker. I need your motherfucking light. I paid my light bill on this motherfucker. You know, I mean, it's like, okay, whatever, motherfucker. <laughs> then darkness and fucking pain. I wish you darkness and pain, you fucking shithead. <laughs> Sorry, where did that come from? Oh, my God. Lastly, hey, I have a question for you. You know, I'm a super health conscious person. But um, according to Arctic Apple brand, it could be the very first apple ever. Are you kidding me? The Zen mm-hmm. Buddhist. Oh, you're doing ballet? Yeah. As I sip my carrot juice. Yeah, sip that. Um, Arctic Apple says that it could be the first uh, cluster of apples that hit Midwestern grocery stores as early as this month. And they're going to test this controversial apple, which has a genetically modified element that will eliminate it from browning. I saw this on the news. What do you think? Would you try an apple that was genetically modified? Well, I wouldn't because I eat mostly organic anyway. Unless, okay, I'm all, I'm like 80% organic and healthy and all that. I look like a total California person when I eat, except... When? When I want, like, a big old nasty piece of fried chicken. Oh, I mean, you yum. Know, if I'm going to go in, then I will go, you know, I will go all the way in. But I don't do that in-between stuff. So, no, I don't want my vegetables and my fruit genetically modified. I don't want them having pesticides. I will spend a little extra and get what I need um, for my body. So they're saying that industry executives predict that the apple could open a whole new trade in genetically engineered produce, potentially opening the market to pink pineapples, antioxidant-enriched tomatoes, and other food currently in development. I think this is so scary and has to have consequences. Uh, They also go on to say, I think consumers are very ready for apples that don't go brown. Everyone can identify with that yuck factor. GMO critics say that they're hopeful, however, consumers will continue to show skepticism about the produce. And I agree. I feel like, especially too, GMOs are completely banned mm-hmm. in Europe. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like when it comes to health, we should take more of their advice. Absolutely. So until look, I, I'm not getting on the GMO bandwagon until they cure it. Until they until Europeans adopt it. I am with you, my sister. I know a lot of people say though that GMOs are not really actually all that uh, harmful to you. That it's just literally science. Hmm. I don't know. I, they're yeah, not doing a good job. My of, apple. I mean, you know, I mean, we grew up on apples that turn brown. I mean, I'd eat the motherfucker. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, right. it's done. It's over with. Is that really such a big problem? Of all the things that we need to worry about curing, that's it. And as a gay guy that entertains, like the apple is just not a good garnish fruit, you know, <laughs> because it does turn brown. So I wouldn't. I don't. So you go them. with the grapes. Yeah. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Just use things that don't turn brown naturally. We need to know what's going on in your life. How's okay. your assistant? Because, like I said, I get amazing tweets about the whole calamari <laughs> thing. So do you still have an assistant <laughs> after that podcast? Well, this is what I've decided to do, Sarah. 
Um, I think that I have become a bit dependent and reliant on other people to like help me along in life. Oh, I get it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh my God, completely. Yes. And I think the calamari was like my aha moment, and I'm just kind of like, wow. With this comes all this responsibility and expense to keep these people that are supposed to be supporting me mm-hmm. in the manner of which they have become accustomed. <laughs> so I've just decided that I would rather, I'm paying certain people to just help me and do the things I need them to do just for that moment, but I don't really want a full-time assistant right now. I need to be with myself, with my own thoughts. I agree. Get my own thing done. I agree with you Fill 100%. my schedule up, and I don't want to be doing all that. I could not agree with you more. And I feel like I have that tendency, too. And I mm-hmm. usually have that tendency when I'm, like, making more money or, like, being crazy scattered everywhere. That's why I'm loving this port- part of my life, like, mm-hmm. right now. Like, growing this podcast and, you know, some months it makes money, some months it doesn't. It's, like, all a work in progress. Mm-hmm. But it forces you to really do some work that yeah. you wouldn't normally do. Because, like, if I have a cushy radio gig and I'm making tons of money, then I'm always paying someone to do something. And you become very codependent. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I remember my dad telling me a few years ago, he was like, well, son, you know, your time is better spent growing your business and doing things that make money, and then you let somebody else clean the house and somebody else do that. So I kind of took that three steps too far, and I do sometimes, <laughs> and started getting people to do every damn thing, and then I'm like, I have all this extra time on my hands. Life is great. So what are you, yeah. What else are you doing in your life? Like, have you, are you eliminating other things? Eliminating uh, other things? Like cutting back? Like, so you're getting rid of the assistant. <laughs> Uh, what am I cutting back? Well, you- I did laundry the other day. <laughs> okay, let me be honest about something. Now, listen, this is not people going to say, he's so out of touch. I'm not out of touch. I know how to do laundry, but I've Please. always had, I live in an old, old, old building. I think it was built in like 1881 or something. Okay. Like okay. It's an old building. It's got a lot of charm. It reminds me very much of like Greenwich Village or something like that. But it's here in D.C. So, this is the deal. There's a laundry room downstairs in the building. Okay. Okay. I've never used a laundry room before. I always sent my laundry out to this thing called Wash Club D.C. Okay. Well, I had this friend come in last week, my friend Tim Mathias from New York, and I needed some extra towels for my guest. So, I decided I was going to go down to the laundry room to do this laundry. Well, anyway, I break out in a cold sweat. I didn't know where it was coming from. I was just, I was paranoid about going to this laundry room. I had this vision that it would be like an old school laundromat, like that you see on TV, like on Good Times or something, and like some chick would be in there with the curlers on and the, the head. This and is the in your own building. And you're, you're smoking right. a Newport. I don't know what I thought because I've never really ducked my head inside the laundry room. I was oh always God. like, ooh, laundry, I'm not doing it in a public, you know, situation. But I put my little bag together. You're so funny. I was, I was, I did have somebody on the phone the whole time. What, you were I terrified? Went, oh, I didn't want to do it. I was like, oh my God, somebody's going to talk to me in the laundry room. Oh my God, it's going to be so weird. They're going to see my underwear fall on the floor. You know, it was, I don't know what it is. I just thought it was just too personal. No problem. You do it the laundry. It was without, uh, it was just, oh, and the laundry smelled so good. I mean, it was fantastic. So That's amazing. Did that make you? First time. First time you've done laundry in how many years? No, I mean, I've done laundry and other people like at my mom's house or something like that, but um, I've done laundry. It's just first time in like a laundry room. It's been a, it's been a minute. And then, you know, before I did, when I had my it's old place that had a laundry room, uh, laundry in the, in the unit, I had somebody in there doing the laundry. So it's been a minute, but oh my God. I go back the other night before I go to the Wizards game and I'm doing laundry and I put all the stuff in, I switch it to the dryer, no problem. I go back all 
fancied up to get ready to go to the Wizards game to get my stuff out before I leave. There are like eight people in the laundry. Honey, the 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 drawers fell out in front of this man. He, I said, oh, excuse me. He didn't say anything back. This other bitch was looking mad. I was like, oh shit. Uh-uh. Watch Club DC here. I go. Well, you gotta self. really go on like off time. You gotta go before five p.m. when people come home from work. That, that is shit the truth. was scary. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not doing that anymore. You also said to me when you came in today, you had some topic about the Wizards game or something you wanted to bring up. I did. I oh. Oh, well, you know what's so interesting? <laughs> I'm like, what? You did? Oh, yes. Well, I go to the Wizards games a lot, okay? Um, uh, so, and I have a great experience. Now, I don't really know a lot about, it's so funny, this guy asked me, who's playing tonight? This was like a couple weeks ago. I said, I don't know the, um, what was this last week? I said, I don't know, the Knicks are playing someone. I don't know what made me say that, but that was my reaction. Of course, they're playing the fucking Wizards. <laughs> I don't know, the so Knicks you, are playing somebody. You go to the Wizards game and you didn't really know that they were playing. No, it was just a momentary It was just a, situation. Like, just a but brain But I lapse. love the game. I sit right on the front row. Um, oh, I caught the ball last week. You did? I caught the ball. It rolled over to me. And you know Zach Leones is his father's Ted Leones that owns the team. Sure. So he was sitting right behind me. Isn't that something? <laughs> That's a read for your nerves right there. Oh, Zach. Oh, he's such a doll. I turn around and I just say, hello, Zach. How are things with the There's a read. He was sitting behind me. That, that's a affirmative action for your nerves, right? <laughs> oh, black queen up in the front row that don't even know anything about basketball. And the son, the, the owner's son is sitting behind me. Okay. Now, now we're That's talking. That's the way it should be. Yeah, now exactly. we're talking, okay? Trump might have got in, but I'm still winning. So anyway, <laughs> let me bring it back. <laughs> so, oh no, God, I have hurt. such a great time. I caught the ball, and Zach told me, he said, you know, you should have held on to it a little longer. Because as soon as I caught it, I thought there would be some, everybody. Would, Referee or something. I thought they would be like, give it back the ball, you nut job. <laughs> you know, so I just like, you know, rolled the ball back out to him. But, um. Just I have a great time there, but it causes me because in those seats the drinks are included. Yes. And the food's included and the drinks are included. They have something called the AK Lounge. You go backstage. And then there's a um, cocktail server. So she comes and brings her drinks and she knows I get a margarita with an extra shot of tequila on the side. That's my bitch. That's, your, that's, that's a good drink. That's a good drink. <laughs> so she brings me the drinks, and I always have so much to drink there that I never want to go straight home. So I'm realizing I'm going to have to. I really wish they had a juice bar at the at the games, <laughs> but I'm gonna have to kind of reconfigure that because the games end up being very festive, and then I end up having a really late night. So. so too much to drink. Every time you go, you love the experience, but you end up drinking too much. Then you go out after, and then it just like costs you the next day. It's a whole thing, right? It costs what are me the we next gonna day. do? Because I know you know you you talked about you're very open on this podcast about how you were gonna go drink free alcohol free in January, and and you did mm-hmm. for a little while for like a week. I did for four days. Four days. Okay, four days. <laughs> I love you. And then I went to New York. Remember, my friend had that medical right. emergency. And, and I was then, celebrating the fact that she wasn't going to die. And so then I went to a bar. Do you ever go out and have a drink and just try, like, one drink or two drinks? Or, like, and just nurse? Like well, nurse? you know, you and I talked about this. And I really maybe want to bring you on as my accountability partner for that. Yeah, I'll maybe come. it'll be like Weight Watchers points. <laughs> you know, I mean, really. And we will say, okay, Paul, a glass of wine uh, is one point. Okay. Okay. A uh, vodka soda is two points. Okay. Um, a Patron Gimlet is three points. And you only have five points. 
Okay, for what? A the whole night, po- or is that oh, too many points? Okay, a night. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. <laughs> How many points right now? If you're going by your math, do you usually consume? If I'm going by my math, okay. Don't judge me. Uh, we won't. You want me to be honest? Because yeah. one thing about this podcast is I'm points. very honest on this podcast. Yes, that's no, all you should. No, wait. On a on what kind of night? What kind of set the scene? <laughs> <laughs> Set the scene. What am I hoping to come out of this night? Oh, the Wizards game. Okay, so I will have uh, one, two, three, four. I might have four of those margaritas there. Okay, so, all right. So we're like. And then we're at uh, 12 points. Okay. And then I will go somewhere else and then have two. And then I might go somewhere else and have nightcap or two more. And then one nightcap somewhere else. All right, we're at 20. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) You knew the answer. Why'd you have to ask me to break it down in front of all these people? Embarrassing me like that. (laughs) Well, I'll come with you. So accountability partner means that I get six points in a night. I upped it one because okay. it's got to add. It's got to okay. be divisible by three. We got to do the three. math, right? All right. By three. Okay. So I could have two margaritas in a night. Yeah, we can do this. Or I could have six glasses of wine. That's a lot. That is a lot. So five. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> but this bar that I go to has two for one between five and nine. So that wouldn't work no. for the margarita. You got to get the same drink twice. We have got to. Oh, my God. I totally want to We got to work on this. Sorry, you By all. the way, do you have you ever played basketball in your life? It's called the new math. Um, I've played in my life. Because I think it would be hysterical if you and I did one-on-one. I think we should absolutely <laughs> do that. When I was growing up, um, do you believe How we used to go to West we? Virginia every weekend? You Can you did? imagine? Uh, no, I can't. We had a log cabin in the mountains in West Virginia that my dad built. And we would go there, and we had, like, um, a big pond. And, you know, it was all this wilderness and all this kind of stuff. And uh, we had a basketball court. I-, I could see you maybe being pretty good at basketball. We were pre- I was pretty good. I'm very competitive. So oh once my- I get in the... Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. We got to do this. Okay. You're going to challenge me to basketball? Yeah, sure, absolutely. I'll do one on one. I used to play basketball in high school. Why don't we challenge each other to a tennis match? Oh, okay. And a basketball tournament. Now, what is this? Are we just playing horse? I mean, what's up? (laughs) Come on now. Talk to me in terms of. What do you think? Should we do horse or should we do. Do like 15 minutes one on one? 50 or 15? 15 minutes. You want to play 15 minutes one on one? What if one of us falls and breaks something? That wouldn't be good. (laughs) We're not. Battle. Yeah, no, we won't do old, like but... really bad full contact, right? We just won't. We'll just like guard each other, right? And and you know you can you can put the hand in the face, but you Are can't you like good? check people. Are I you like I a secret basketball uh, in front? undercover no, WNBA no. player? I know you you, you consider <laughs> like getting down with the girls. <laughs> So is yeah. this one of your things? I'm, yeah, absolutely. Please, <laughs> could you see me? Like, what if I dated a WNBA player in the next year? Could you see me like, I, doing that? Do you think I'm kind of gay? N- um, no, I don't. I don't. I really don't think you're kind of gay. But oh, I think that you're just bad. very kind and lipstick you're very lesbo? you're open to it. Lips, lipstick lesbian. Yeah. I could see you on the sidelines on the front row of the court. You could be like the me of the WNBA just sitting down there completely clueless. By the way, Carmelo Anthony the other day, he ran right up to me. I think he was I think he was looking at me. Wait a minute. I think he was looking like who the fuck? What is going on here? I mean, you know, because it's a whole thing. Well, please. Right there in living color. Legs crossed, <laughs> finger snapping in the air. Get it, get it, do it, squash up. All right, go home, Nick. You know, like, 
<laughs> I am like the butchest queen. Like it's like a crazy mix of all of that. Me at the basketball. Oh my god, night. you are endless entertainment. I can't even believe we have to wrap this up. Uh, look, it's really over? quickly. Yes, DCimprov.com. We oh have a live show February twenty fourth. February twenty fourth. Get your tickets. I don't care if you have to fly in, take a bus in, yeah. stay the night, make a weekend of it. We're gonna have two shows, right? Maybe. Um, we yeah, we're hoping we're almost sold out the first show. Oh, so fantastic. you need to get tickets now. DCimprov.com. Hey Frage, Paul and I are guest hosting. We sell out the first show. We're gonna add a second show. Um, and it's we gonna are be a gonna crazy have night. so much fun. Oh, and whatever you guys so want to talk about, please email in to Sarah and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Please, please, please. Because I have two really quickly um, things I want to get to. So this is from a listener who wants our advice. He says, hey, Sarah, I want to ask this young lady out on a date. This is the thing, though. I am super shy. And that's a problem. I've only been able to say hi. And that's it to this woman. I feel like a complete loser because I can't ask her out. Any suggestions in what I should do? Um, I know I need to man up, ha, ha, ha. But I'm in my late 20s and I just never have been able to really ask somebody out face to face. Oh, my God. I wish he would come to the live show. I wish he would somehow tell this yes. woman that he's got these two tickets to this live show at the DC Improv and just ask her if she's available. And now is a good time because nobody has really made plans for their weekend that far in advance, I don't think. Right. So right? you could totally do it. Sir. If you're listening, please. I mean, I will buy one of your tickets. <laughs> you buy one and I'll buy the other one. No, if he could bring this woman to the live show. How great would that, that be? That would be phenomenal. Oh, and my God. I know. And then he could ask her. Because my, my whole advice to this was going to be is like, I, I feel like with anything, right? If you're nervous in a work situation or dating situation, you have to think of the first ones as almost like throwaways. Like yeah. almost like I'm just going to. Even if I stumble through the words, if I can't get it out, if she says no, like almost prepare in your mind. This probably won't go well, but I'm going to see it out till the end. Yeah. Because each time you do it, it becomes smoother, better, the delivery. So like just go write out what you're going to say if you're that nervous. Rehearse it a couple times. Go up to her knowing, okay, I'll probably fall on my face. Hmm. But once you get the first one, second one under your belt, then things get easier. But if he's been able to say hi to her, I think for me it's about planting seeds because because there is a step Ooh, up to asking someone out. You have to realize the situation that you put the other person in. If somebody that's a complete stranger asks you out, you almost feel like a creeper saying yes. Do you know? You feel desperate. You feel like, oh my God, Ooh, okay. do I have any morals about me? So you got to plant those seeds and you got to step up to that. So just start with the small talk. Every time you see that person, it starts with hi. It says, hey, how you doing today? I like Did you have that. a nice weekend? How's your day going? You know, what's going on? You know, then you then they get more comfortable with you. And then by that fourth small interaction, you can say, hey, what are you up to this weekend? I'd love to. Uh, you want to hang out for a cocktail? Oh, my God. That's a good. I like that. That's yeah, even better advice. All right. You know what? Screw my advice. That was even better. <laughs> <laughs> um, and lastly, I got this really sweet email, too. You can always email me, Sarah, at HeyFrage.com. Um, and you can follow both of Paul and me on social mm-hmm. media. I'm on HeyFrage under Twitter and Instagram, HeyFrage Show on Snapchat. And I'm on Paul Wharton on Twitter and Paul Wharton Style on Instagram. And then also I wanted to read this one. It says, Sarah, I just heard you on the Tony Perkins show featuring Gary Stein. And I have to say, I loved you on it. I loved you the first time you went on. And hearing you a second time was an absolute treat. I also don't send many fan letters, so I really don't know what else to say without seeming creepy. So I guess I'll end it, this, I'll end it here. I think you're awesome. And I'll definitely wow. be listening to the Hey Fresh podcast more. Well, thank she you so much. She to come to the live show. She's awesome. I know. And by the way, I was going to tell people, I did just do a guest um, a spot on Tony Perkins' show, which you can Google on iTunes. So if okay. you want to listen to Tony Perkins, he's been a big supporter. So there you go. 
That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Oh, my God. Thanks please. to that lady. See you next week. And we need to, I feel like we need to prank call some people next week. Like you and me. I feel like we need to get up to who some Who should we call? Who do you guys want us to call? You guys know who we deal with. Well, here's my question to you guys. Because when I was just at this funeral, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, and there was, I know, it was super sad of Dan's cousin who passed, right? But there was a guy there. And I'm, his name was Joe. I, I won't say his last name. Mm-hmm. Um, but he alleges that he was engaged to, met and was engaged to a woman on Tinder. But she was in a cult. And she was actually storing his semen and then selling it on the internet for people to perform rituals. Okay, wrong Do time, think- wrong place. He said all this at the funeral. Completely. Let that man have his moment. I cannot believe you brought that shit up. We need. Where, where's a housewife when we need her? Wrong time, wrong place. Wrong time, wrong place. So my question to you all is: I keep saying to Dan, I want to call your friend Joe and have him on the podcast because I don't think that that people are really going to believe this. And Joe swears that it's completely true. Wait, she was selling his mm-hmm. semen. Did he, did he know that he was... <laughs> he, what did he think was happening with it? So he alleges that she would go down on him yeah. and then go to the bathroom, and he would not hear a toilet flush or a sink, you know, start or whatever. So she he just... Dis- her mouth out after Jeez. <laughs> Get this. That's determination. He ends up finding out. He ends up opening the medicine cabinet one day and finding these little um, containers, these little Mm -mm. cups. He lost me there. Uh, Do you think it's not true? Mm -mm. You think it's a goddamn lie? Mm -mm. Okay. Well, I didn't say goddamn lie. She did. But <laughs> I don't think... I mean, you lose me there. So the woman is not telling you what's going on. And then, yeah, you open the medicine cabinet, the most obvious place. Mm-hmm. You know. And his semen and was you don't want people stored. to see, you don't have any medicine cabinet. It gets, this story gets better, though. And that's why oh, I feel like, should we have this guy on? Is he batshit? He says that he then went to a Catholic priest who performed like a mini exorcism on him, exorcism on him to get rid of his the bad juju and demons. You got anything on that? <laughs> Wait, when did this guy say this? At the repast? Yep. At the view. At, literally, this was at the viewing. This oh was God. at the viewing of this. Do you think this is, like, believable? No. Well, I'd love All to right, have him on ahead. so we can see. Can we have a lie detector guy on, too? Yes. We that should hook fantastic. this guy up for lie detector. Should I go to Boston tomorrow morning? <laughs> that's tonight yes. at five. No, oh, that's tonight? Virginia's tomorrow at seven. Richmond? Yes. I don't want to go there. Who does? Okay. <laughs> 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 we'll tell them what we're talking about next time. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Email us. You want more Paul Wharton? Follow him. And then also let me know. Sarah at HayFrage.com. Bye, everybody. Bye. We love you. Love you. Mm-hmm.